Welcome back to Soulback. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here back with Ed. Ed, where is Tom? What a player. Tom, I don't know where Tom is. Off somewhere, getting in trouble, being ridiculous. I can guarantee you there is lots of unseasoned chicken involved wherever he is. And probably some granola bars, too. I think he was turning up a little too much during Independence Day. How was your Independence Day? Were you <laughs> turning God. up? Did you have the I was doing. I was doing absolutely not fireworks. I'm from the hood. When I hear banging outside the window, we're ducking and dodging. We're not staring at the window. Our <laughs> instincts are opposite. Oh, man. Well, Tom won't be with us for a minute. He's busy doing daddy stuff. Um, I didn't realize how crazy it was being a dad, but Tom's busy these days, so we got to give him as much rest as possible. So you might see Tom sometimes, and you might not. Yeah, Tom will be in and out for the next, I don't know, little while as he takes care of little Tom. And y'all ask me all the time, why don't you have any kids? You've been married forever. Well, ask Tom. He'll tell you why. It's a lot, (laughs) player. Yep. Plus, you got to deal with me on this podcast anyway, so (sighs) it it all makes sense. (laughs) I got one child as it is. I can't deal with other ones. Best part about you, at least you can feed yourself. (laughs) Well, Ed, speaking of food here... I'm going to throw a random question at you here, as I normally do. As you uh, always do. Snoop Dogg has an album called The Last Meal, right? Oh, yes, he does. How do you know about that? I'm surprised. I, I was just listening to that earlier, and I thought of a topic for this podcast, Ed. So The Last Meal, or The Last Supper, is what you normally get when you're in prison before you get executed. Yeah. So my question to you is, what would your last meal be? Oh, player, I don't know. What would what would you eat before you were gone? I will say this, and this may be just because we're in quarantine land and I'm fiending for some right now. But, well, first of all, I got to have a Slurpee. That, I got, Slurpee's got to be in there <laughs> somewhere. That's got to be in there. But I think I would really want to have some Texas Day Brazil Steakhouse. Have you had that before? I have not. Nope. It is this, let me see if I can describe it real quick. And I'm sure someone will hop in our mentions, either on YouTube or ET Bowser on Twitter, to break down what I'm messing up. But it's a steakhouse. And you go, mm-hmm. and they give you these little cards. And you put the card on the table. And it's like, one side is green, one side is red. If you have the green side, people will just continually come to your plate bringing you meat. Like, they wow. just keep coming bringing you meat. When you're done, you turn it to red. Even when you turn it to red, sometimes they come in ash. And I'm like, dude, no. You eat yourself into a meat coma. It is the best place ever. Wow. I was looking at Wikipedia to see what some of the more popular places are for your last meal. And a lot of people like KFC. For your last meal? Yeah. I mean, it might be your last meal eating all that grease. I might as well just let them take you out there. But What? And I am not a KFC hater. I know some people hate on KFC. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with the Colonel. So, I thought that was rather interesting. But we got music to talk about here, Ed. Yes. Well, what is your meal before we get on the music? Because I know it's something odd. You know what? No, I'm a simple guy. I like my burger, fries, and I got to have a strawberry milkshake. That is the best flavored milkshake, strawberry. Fight huh. me on that one, Ed. Well, see, my, I am not a milkshake guy. My wife loves them. I think she might agree with that. I have to see mm-hmm. what her favorite is. She's about the milkshakes. It looks like liquid diarrhea to me, so y'all can have it. How about Khaleesi's milkshake? Do you want that? Well, they, too, <laughs> they do bring the brothers to the yard. Relax. <laughs> Ed, we got to talk about new music here. 
Richie. Daniel Bamber, our boy, will be really happy about this one. But oh, Ed, shout out to him. Shout out to my boy. About two weeks ago, I was on an apology tour to John Legend because I've been yes, hating you on were. him. Yes, for over a decade. For years. He, yes, you've been hating on this man for no good reason. He dropped the Fire album, so no more hate. Bigger love in stores now. You guys got to go support that. But Ed, True. we're gonna take it up a notch now. Another apology goes out to. One tie dollar sign. I need to hear this because he gets no apology from me. You go ahead and take this one. Well, he is one of those guys I feel like. I mean, he's on every song possible. He's on every album. He's always. Every single one. He either has a hook on there or a verse or sometimes he's ad-libbing in the back. And with him, I've never been able to connect with him fully as far as a record of his own. Sometimes he's great on features, sometimes he's not. But a record of his own, I just never liked it. But he dropped a new one, Eagle Death with Kanye and FKA Twigs, formerly known as Twigs. Is that her name? Uh, who? <laughs> That's her name, player, yes. Who we got to talk about her too, because I thought she would be like the next one to blow, and it didn't really happen. But Ed, this song, it somehow works. The beat is nuts. I think Skrillex did the beat. And what I love about the record, the first thing... Ty Dolla song, Ty Dolla Sign says on the song is "Ooh yeah," like KC style. <laughs> so you know you're in for a banger. Ed, what did you think of this song? And Kanye First, does his Kanye thing on it, but Ty Dolla, I love it. Uh, well, let me break it down and bring it down to reality a little bit. First of all, he always does that "Ooh yeah" because he's a big old biter when it comes to that. <laughs> I am like you. I am not the biggest Ty Dollar fan, and if you are a fan of the Soul and Stereo Cipher on Facebook, you will know there are a ton of Ty Dollar fans, and they including my cousin. Shout out to Cam. He is a huge fan, and he's trying to put me onto his. What's this album's called? Something about boats or yachts or something? I can't remember. Well, <laughs> yep. they have been trying to put me on to these for years, and I just cannot get into it. And this song is okay. I ain't feeling it as much as you are. But I do like Twigs. I think she, they tacked her on to the end. Yep. I feel like she brings a lot to it. Kanye's okay. Kanye's doing what Kanye does. Ty does what he does. My problem with him is that I guess he works okay sometimes in the in the realm of hooks, but in a song, I don't want to hear you that long because he starts to grate <laughs> on my nerves instantly. So the song is okay; it's better than most of his solo efforts. I'm just here for Twigs. Her part at the end kind of wraps it up for me. Mm. I got a question about Ty Dolla and his records. Does he use auto tune? Because his voice is just naturally raspy like that. Like I've seen him live, and it sounds like that. I don't know if he uses auto tune. He has. I can't remember if he uses it on this song. I right. definitely have heard it before. He's odd because in for a generation, he is their Nate dog. They think that like he mm-hmm. is like the greatest hook master there is. I ain't feeling it. I it, uh, uh, y'all can have. It. Uh. <laughs> well, Ed, a lot of people don't know that Ty Dolla actually came from the immature camp with Chris Stokes and all of that stuff. So he's been around for a while. He has. He I always equate him as being the two chains of R and B because two chains mm-hmm. is a guy who was around for like a decade before he became two chains, and he was able to kind of parlay that experience into a bigger career. So good for him. Good for Tyler for just kind of hanging on and then making his yeah. name here. 
But I still ain't feeling it that much. This song is okay. I'll give you this. But don't expect it in our top 10 of the best songs of the year. Actually, you might because we probably don't have 100 songs this year. (laughs) Exactly. And Ed, speaking of Kanye, uh, he might be your president soon. Oh, first of all, absolutely not. I will be living in that closet behind you before I will let Kanye run. We already have to deal with one reality show host. Have y'all learned nothing? And why are we having this conversation? Didn't he, we go through this Kanye wants to be president 10 years ago? Why is this a thing now? So for the people out there that don't understand the voting process, is he even eligible to be voted as president? He's eligible to be voted as in if you write him in. But he mm. is not going to get a party nomination this late. He could run as like maybe an independent or something like that. But if he does that, he's just splitting votes. It's a big mess. He's ridiculous. Pay this man no mind. The only thing you need to know is that somebody has an album coming out. So, lo and behold, the coincidence there. <laughs> well, speaking of albums here, uh, August Alsina dropped an album recently. Oh, God. This guy. And uh, he was out here spilling tea on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and his lovely, li- lovely <sighs> wife. Uh, and. Oh, yeah. We don't really need to get into the, the, the messiness and the drama of all of that. But I do want to know because, you know, whether it's true or not, uh, you know, of what he said to the public, I think it can be acknowledged and it's fair to say that it was a promo tool to promote his album. No question. So no question. I asked this because we see his name in the headlines. We see all the tweets that are going on. But did this tactic, I don't know if I should be calling it a tactic, because I think that might marginalize what the message is. But do you think that benefited his album release at all? Do you see people talking about August's album? I don't. Well, I think it has helped and not helped. I don't think it has pushed the sales of the album up at all, but it has put his name back into the spotlight mm. so that people may be able to track it now. Nobody's talking about the album, but I have seen more tweets about August Alcina since I've seen since 2013. Wow. So clearly it has helped put his name back in the spotlight. I will not speak here on it. If you want to hear more about it, go to Soul and Stereo. This edition of Love Letters is all about... Mr. Alcina and the Smiths, and you know your boy had plenty to say there. <laughs> but I will take your your account of what you hinted at and take it a little bit further. Absolutely, it was a tactic. Because if it wasn't, why would you wait until right now on your promotional tour to say something? We all got Twitter. Why didn't you just say it then? Player, I am not here for you. I ain't new to the game, dog. I know what's up. You know what people don't realize is that a lot of these artists are defined by one moment one moment that people remember them by and sometimes it works for you and sometimes it doesn't like i know a lot of people when they think about brian mcknight now they think about that ready to learn record they it's forget crazy about... yes it's so true. so with someone like august i think a lot of people prior to this incident thought of august as you know the singer that got really sick and had disappeared from the scene i think all of that is gone now when you think of august alcina you're going to think of jada and you're going to think of oil. And that that's unfortunate, I think. It's unfortunate, but I don't have any pity for him because this is a narrative he created. 
He wanted to be known for that. And that's why he put this out here. And if the goal was to get more eyeballs on him, to potentially get more eyeballs on his record, maybe that worked. We'll see when the charts come out. I will not be surprised if it don't work because I don't see anybody talking about any of the music. It's the drama. But unfortunately, you're right. Brian McKnight, whenever you mention his name, we just talked about him last week. All people mm-hmm. talk about is that despite this 20-year career with absolute classics, yep. great songs, great albums, people remember that song from five years ago that was like a joke song. So it's sad that this is the era we live in, but Al Cena will always be known, unfortunately, if at least for the next two years, as the alleged cuddle buddy of the Smiths. <laughs> well, what about Keith Sweat? What's his memorable moment? Is it when he went toe-to-toe with Jacquees? You might be right. And again, we're talking about for this era. <laughs> yeah. I think you might be right. And it's it's and I think the memeable stuff of like his face just being like, What is this? I think that's probably his claim to fame. But all along to go along with that, Keith is out here, he is doing concerts, a lot of that's IG right. stuff. He is a lot more visible than Alcina ever was. So kind of a hard comparison and even Brian a little bit more visible to him. Kind yeah. of a tough comparison, but your t- your point is made. Yeah, shout out to Keith. He has been putting out a lot of virtual concerts. Tank did one, one uh, twelve did one. I think Carl Thomas did one, and he's just he's just doing them. And it's really, um, I think it's a great thing for R and B right now because, I mean, if you think about it, Ed, concerts have stopped since March, and Completely. I don't know, and I don't know how much you've missed concerts, but I've missed them. So these virtual concerts have been nice. I will say that I don't get out of concerts as much as I used to, so I can't be like, oh, they have been ripped from my life. I only go to, in fact, the last one I had planned to do was a Brian McKnight show back in, mm. I think it was like March or April. But I go to a couple of years, so it is kind of sad that it's gone away. I'm more sad for the artists who have lost this outlet and this revenue stream, because y'all don't buy albums no more. I'm the only nope. one who buys albums, clearly. So that's how they make their money. So it's a little sad that they're losing this streaming, this um revenue. But as we said last week, there's always ways to innovate and find new ways to get the bag. And this is how you do it. Exactly. Ed, and is it is it crazy that I hate on John Legend so much for making sleepy ballads, but I love Brian McKnight? Is that fair? Yes. Yes, <laughs> that's very unfair. Very. Yeah. I feel like John has a little bit more pep in his step than Brian does most times. That's true. Um... Let's talk about some new music here. Ralph Tresvant, he dropped a new yep. record with Johnny Gill, All Mine. Ed, I listened to this song. I heard a little bit of autotune on it. I heard a little bit of trap on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it still has a 90s feel to it, sort of. But for me, this sounds a little too current for my yeah. liking. And I won't, and it's not a bad song. No. I won't be Mr. Negative because I'm not saying like the song is trash. It's not at all. But I think in their efforts to make it sound, and good for them, they didn't want to make it sound like 90s. That's all right. It's, in, it's 2020. You mm-hmm. can't do that all the time. So in their effort to make it sound a little current, I felt like they stepped a little bit out there, lane, Just yeah. a little bit. And just like the, the song cadence and everything, it's that rappy cadence. It doesn't quite fit, but it's not bad. It's a song that if it came on in the car on the radio, I wouldn't necessarily flip the channel, but it's not something I'm like, ooh, put this on. So 
it's okay. A little disappointing when you consider the talent we're talking about, but yeah. I don't think it was a failure at all. Yeah, I mean, I just try to figure out if these artists can perform these songs live and will it be part of their set list moving forward. Like, even some of those more popular songs, I just don't see how you can perform them live. They seem like songs that are for the moment, for the streams, but they don't really translate live. Like, you've seen... Like, I've seen Bryson Tiller live, and it's Sleepy Times. Mm-hmm. Her, at least... Uh, like, I've seen her, and her music is very moody, too, but at least she has live instrumentation going on, so that sort of saves it from being, you know, a sleepy show. But I don't know how you translate that live, Ed. It's tough. I don't think you do, especially for these legacy artists. Like, if you go... On, if I want to see Johnny Gill or Ralph, I don't hear this song. Mm-hmm. I want to hear the classes. I want to hear their hits. I want to hear the stuff that they help innovate. Again, I'm not dissing the song because y'all I'm like, oh, I don't want my boy Derek Dunn coming after me for talking about his boy's um, new edition. The song isn't bad, but I do think that it comes down to, and this is a lot of my problem with the music that's being made right now. People get mad when I don't call everything classic. It's yeah. because it sounds like the moment. And the second we move beyond this moment, it's going to sound real dated. And that's the thing that I feel like hurts a bit. Yeah. And speaking of Ralph, new album on the way. It's been a minute since he released an album. But, Ed, mm-hmm. I want to take it back to New Edition's album from the 90s. That one where every member of New Edition came together home again. I think this was 1996, maybe 97. Oh. Um, I posted about it on our Instagram page, and a lot of people were going nuts over it. Um, I don't remember... Well, I don't want to say that. But I don't think it was all that celebrated you know when i was on twitter for all these years but i posted it on instagram and everyone's like oh that's my favorite album like what's your stance on that album it's so funny and i will rewind the clock because i know you were like little kyle when this drop but when that album came out it was so highly anticipated because they mm-hmm. this was a legendary group that had been gone forever doing their solo things and they're all going to come back under together under bad boy and that like we had bad boy involved so that was another reason to get hyped about it yep. it was a really big project and a really big thing i don't even know if i can compare it to anything now other than like 112 reuniting with i don't know bruno mars i don't wow. it's like it's hard to compare how big that was and combining under this artist who well this producer or whatever it is puff does that has been able to make stars these legends are coming under this star making banner so the hype was huge for the album i liked some songs and i liked it okay i never was in love with the album and i know that will get me crucified in some <laughs> portions of the internet but it was a good comeback album and really a template for how you come back and kind of capture the magic again then when it comes to that i think it succeeded but it's not an album that i revisit that much honestly the song i play the most from that era is the remix with missy that you don't have to worry mm. and i don't even know if that made the album right no uh let me take a look yeah i think it did no the remix no the remix didn't yeah the mid 90s player if you heard a remix it probably won't on the album you had a <laughs> single for that that's true. And what about the follow-up album after that, One Love? It had that record Hot Tonight on it. Hot Tonight was not Hot Tonight in my eyes. I did <laughs> not like that song. I don't even remember that album very much, but I remember the song dropping, and I was not a fan. I thought it was very generic for yeah, that, what they could do. That was the bad boy era of New Edition. 
<laughs> yes. And again, we talked about songs that sounded like they were kind of in the moment and didn't sound like their sound. That sounded like a cast off 112 song. It didn't sound like our new addition to me. And that's mm-hmm. why it hasn't stood the test of time. I'm sure you will kill me. Go to ET Bowser on Twitter and light me up. I will gladly ignore you. Right. <laughs> Um, Ed, we got to talk about another new record here, PJ Morton. I can't yes. wait. New record from PJ. He always delivers quality, and again, quality right here, Ed. Yeah, it's just another classic. It's so crazy how we were just talking about like these legends who were kind of like, I'm going to do what the youngins do. And then you got PJ Morton, who is just such a throwback. Like This sounds like a classic piano ballad. He just does yep. it so well, so effortlessly. I love it. It's it's what he does. If you don't like that style, this ain't going to pull you in. If you're a fan of what he does, this is another winner. How much higher can PJ Morton get? Like, I think it's just a different time for R&B right now. If you don't have that push from the mainstream, I don't think you can ever really reach superstar levels Um legendary levels like what can pj morton do at this point is it just continue to put out good music and be known as some guy that's just consistent like can he get to the next level pj is one of those guys i talked to tom about this a few weeks ago he's like a guy i just want to sit down and talk to and just like fan to artists because i would really like to know what his mindset is and i don't say that in a negative way i say that because when it comes to your question I think that when you're an artist to his caliber, you're right. The First of all, the, the landscape is completely different. This ain't 97. Yeah. This ain't 2007. For him to have that breakout hit, he's going to have to not do what he does. But mm-hmm. I am so I'm so glad that he is like, this is what I do. Either you can rock with me or you don't have to. And he's not trying to be something else. He's not trying to be somebody else. And it's been successful. The man got granted. So you can't say that it's not successful. But as far as being a mainstream star, unfortunately, in this climate, if he's going to do it, he's going to have to get the remix with Cardi B. He's got to get Pop Smoke on the thing. He's got to do something that will gravitate him toward the mainstream hip-hop sound. That's not him. And... He would rather just be him than be them, and I respect that. Yeah. Shout-outs to PJ. Quality every time. Uh, Ed, I got to ask you this. Bruno Mars has announced that he's going he's going back into the, stu- into the studio to work on some new music. Obviously, he came off a very successful run with that throwback sound, 24K Magic, which is one of your favorites. Um oh. I'm going to ask you this. Do you think if he comes back with that exact same sound this time around and does like a 24K Magic 2.0, will it work as well as the first time in terms of the reception from people? I think it would. I think it might, but I think that when it comes down, just look at Movies Player. The sequels almost always are run below yep. the original. Almost. Now, there are times you get a Terminator 2 up in there, but most of the time it's a rung below. I would like him to revisit the sound, but put a little extra stank on it. So, yeah. if you're going to do New Jack, maybe do half New Jack and maybe give us some like late 90s, throw Timberland in there or something. And give us some sound that makes it a little bit different. If he makes a carbon copy version of the previous album, I'm going to love it. 
Yeah. But as far as it getting to the heights that it got last time, I don't know. And he is, if you look at his records, none of them are the same. He's right. kind of like a Miguel. Everything has evolved to this point. And it's actually, and I was talking about this on Soul and Stereo, his sound has evolved like through the decades. Every album seems to be like a different decade of either funk or R&B. And early on, it was kind of like pop. Now it's more funk R&B. Yeah. I feel like this next one could be even deeper into like the '90s, 2000 sound if that's what he decides to do. It's possible. I think that lane for that throwback R&B sound—it's still there. Like I don't think anyone's really taken over. I think LMA touched it a little bit, um, but from a male perspective, I don't think anyone's touching that sound. No, I mean, and we see that it's a seller. I thought that with 24K, we were going to get a whole bunch of clones. I thought we were going to see this like this revitalization of the sound. And we have a little bit. Yeah. You see a lot of younger artists sampling, I don't know, Brownstone, Escape. But it's just kind of one-offs. It's not really like, oh, I'm going to make this album dedicated to this. It's just like, here's a hot single. And then we go back to mumbling on stuff. So this could... I love Bruno. I wish Tom was here so I could argue with him. But I love Bruno because he has continued... To like set this template that works not just for him, not just for younger artists, but he can throw in a Charlie Murphy, a Charlie Murphy, a Charlie <laughs> Wilson, and he can be able to kind of help them kind of get in that sound too. He is just one that can really touch all genres. My boy Bruno be killing. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> well, the reason why... You know, I'm asking if there's anyone else in that lane. I feel like Chris Brown should be in that lane. That's where he's at his best. I spoke he to should be. I I spoke to Sean Garrett about this because, like, I always try to figure out why is Chris going in the direction that he is. Is it forced on him by the label, or is he just afraid to fail? And Sean was saying it's more so that he's just afraid to fail because the label will allow Chris Brown to do whatever he wants. He's Chris Brown, but. It's just tough, man. I don't think Chris wants to flop. He wants to keep that safe, that safe spot where he is right now. Where you know he might not be the biggest artist anymore, but he'll still get those streams. But I think at some point you got to take that risk for your artistry. Well, and I think that you just nailed it. Taking the risk for the artistry. I don't know of anyone at the level of a Chris Brown right now. You can send your hate tweets to Et Bowser. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody to Chris Brown's level. That wants to take a chance on their artistry. Yeah. They just have found a template. And I'm just going to keep on doing it. And the problem with that. As Nicki Minaj and some other ones have learned. Is that when the wheels fall off that bus. You cannot put them back on. Like you mm-hmm. can't. Once, once you run out of gas. You run out of gas. Like you can't redo it. That's why it's better to continue to evolve along the way. Instead of riding something into the ground. And then when you get ready to rebuild. Nobody's with you because everybody's sick of the old sound. And then the new sound doesn't feel like a real fit because you've been doing the old stuff too much. So, yes, he is one of the most frustrating artists ever because as much as I want to choke him (laughs) because he, like, just underperforms, he's got all the tools, all the tools, but he just won't use them because he has found it. He will do what he has to do. He's one of the most, I don't want to say most, well, I will say he is one of the more talented artists who yeah. does not have a classic project. And I don't think he ever will 
because he don't want to. He don't want to. He just wants to put out Indigo and 74 songs that y'all gonna stream and say it's good and then forget in two days. And then he'll get a platinum pack, plaque for it. Yes. He knows how to <laughs> run game on the system. But at the end of the day, will anybody be able to name three songs off that 400 song album in two years? Can you do it now? No. Well, I like that one song that had the grinding sample. Everything else, no. Can't mm. remember. Good point, Ed. So, I gotta ask you this. I had a conversation with Tom about this not too long ago, and I think Tom is on record to saying that he doesn't listen to sad songs anymore because he's not at that point in his life. Yeah, and we he, talked about that. And he can't relate to that. So, is that theory true, that the older you get, the less sad songs you listen to? Uh, see, that's not a good question for me, as my wife will attest to. I don't listen to music like a normal person. Most people listen to music for emotion. Mm. Like, oh, I want to hear this song because it makes me happy. Or I want to hear this song because it reminisces. Since I was a kid, I dissect everything like a math problem. And to me, music is something that I just look at. My brain is weird. And that's why I'm a good reviewer. I can just piece stuff together. So it's harder for me to have that emotional connection to what Tom is talking about. But I will say that that's true for my wife. That's true for Tom. It's true for a lot of people that I'm cool with in my life. When you get to a certain point, that's why songs like, um, what's my man, um, Frankie B. And a lot of his songs, those, mm-hmm. those classic cookout songs, still resonate because it's about having fun. It's not about heartbreak if you've been married for 35 years i hope you're not listening to songs <laughs> about heartbreak you're just a different point in your life yeah like there's records that i don't even listen to anymore um some of those boys to men records doing just fine <laughs> oh my god ed can we, we do it just fine alone i love that song ed do you realize they had that as their first track on the album like you're one song into the album and you're already dying that's yes, it's, a, it's hilarious to me. And actually, I love that album. Shout out Evolution. I think it's very, very, very underrated. Talked about that before. But yes, the sequencing, I don't know what y'all were thinking about. And <laughs> it's hilarious. Someone this morning in the cypher posted a video of Sean and Wanye singing that song. Yeah, It was from, I guess, earlier this week. And they couldn't remember the words. But once they got it, they got it. And Wanye hit that bridge. I'm like, ah, oh, that's my <laughs> song. But yeah, they started out with the most depressing song on the album. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, because people on uh, on Twitter were saying that if that album was sequenced better, because I think what they did was the first half was like slow songs, and then the second half, it was those bad boy songs. Yep. I think with the way they sequenced it, it's not you know looked at as a good album, but someone was saying if you sequence it differently and you mix and mash the slow songs and the fast songs and maybe cut off two or three songs... That album could be looked at as a great album. Well, I still think it's a great album. But it is a great point because one of the arguments I have against that album is the sequencing and the pacing of it. So, yeah, that definitely is true. Take that away. Have all the stuff there. I might be throwing five stars around. I still love that album. I love it. Five stars. Wow. (laughs) Yes, I love that album. I think I gave it a four and a half. I definitely gave it a four. I ranked it at some point. Wow. All right. Let me. Let me ask you this. Um, songs that have... Um, I'm going to ask you two questions here. Yeah. What are so, some songs that you liked before but sound super dated to you now and you don't like them anymore? Mm. There are definitely a few. You're going to have to let me think about that one. Which ones you got? 
Well, I was gonna say records like Peaches and Cream and Dance With Me by 112. Those are those are records that I loved back in the day, and I still like them, but it's not like what it used to be. I don't I can't listen to that just on a regular basis anymore. Um, I would also say. I would say a lot of those records from the early 2000s, that Dark Child sound from the early 2000s, those sound really dated now. I will say this. First of all, I was never a fan of Peaches and Cream. I always hated that song, (laughs) which is odd because everybody loves that song. But yes, I agree with Dark Child and just that poppy R&B production from the early 2000s. Yep. Like you... It's hard to describe, but if you know the beat, you know it. It's kind of like Pink did some songs. And yep. anybody who dropped a record from like 2000 to 2002 that was kind of popular on radio. And that stuff does not age well. And to me, and I know it's sacrilege. I've talked about this before. I will say the large majority of New Jack Swing mm. is another one. It all sounds the same. I know we love it. It's the greatest thing ever. It does not age well. There are times where you can take elements of it and it works. And we're just talking about Bruno. He does a good job. But there are some songs from that era that are just interchangeable. And it's, ugh. <laughs> I can't get with it. Because it makes it sound like. It doesn't sound like nostalgia. It sounds old, and that's the difference. Yeah. I I mean, I would say that another sound that hasn't really worked with me since. Actually, I never even really liked it to begin with. Like, songs like Diva by Beyonce, A Millie by Lil Wayne, like that era. Oh, yes. The Bangladesh era. Late 2000s. I I didn't like that sound either. I like A Millie. But I, Diva was a little iffy. I feel like that the Amelia sound could work with some people, but yeah. it quickly got ran into the ground. Like immediately, I have never seen a song come out and so many like remixes drop immediately. They ran that beat into the ground. Diva's okay, yeah. but you're right. That again, it sounds like an era, and it doesn't sound like something everlasting. Yeah, can't forget about Breakup by Mario. I almost, <laughs> I almost gave away my stand card after I heard that song. I was like, "No, what are you doing, Mario?" Yes, that is another one that just did not work. And I can't wait. And you little youngins will will argue me into the grave. But all of this mumbling, all of this trap stuff, eventually may not be anytime soon. But eventually, you will look back and be like, "What were we thinking? This stuff did not age well." <laughs> what about the crunk era? I was just about to say those snap beats. Just about to say that. That's another one that if you hear... And again, I was never a fan of goodies. I was never a fan of a lot of that stuff. So I might not be the most unbiased person in this. But that's another one. If I hear, I'm like, ugh. It just sounds old. Mm -hmm. Listen to Doing Just Fine. Like, that's a song that sounds like a classic song. But it doesn't sound dusty to me. It just sounds like... I mean, go listen to some Donny Hathaway. There are songs that are old, but still sound like a product of the era, but not dated. It is hard yeah. to describe. But then you hear some stuff that sounds gimmicky, and then it's like, oh, okay, that was that time when we wore really baggy clothes and mm-hmm. apple-bottom jeans. Yeah. Um, actually, Ed, I have an example of a like those Millennium Pop songs, um, or Millennium Pop R&B songs. Wasn't that... 
702 record, you don't know? That has yeah, that sound. Yeah. I can't, that's listen. Sick. I can't exactly. listen to that. I can't listen to that anymore. Uh, I'll tell you what I, has... <laughs> I give you that one because that's a, if no one knows what I'm talking about, go listen to that song. And that sound is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Tony Braxton's got a couple too. Mm, yep. On that album, the Heat album. Yep. Right off the Heat album. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I would say that a sound that has worked very well to this day is Kanye's R&B stuff from that mid 2000s. Yes. It's still really fresh. That sound, I mean, even his rap stuff, that soul, there is something about soul. And that's why you guys are, yeah. you know, I got soul and I'm soul in stereo. And this is a soul back podcast. There is no sound that to me is, is just like universally everlasting as soul. And Kanye yep. takes that and it sounds, again, doesn't sound dated. That's what I was saying with Donnie Hathaway. It sounds classic. But it works all the way across the board. There's a reason why, like, some rapper could just hop on a... So, what's that guy name that was singing that something, something a lot? The dude, a lot, something a lot, a lot, a lot. I have no idea. <laughs> well, there are, I guarantee you, 20 people were just like, you know what I'm talking about. I'm The mm. dude that sings the A Lot song, and J. Cole is on it. Uh-huh. That is a soul beat, even though he is a mumble rapper. And it sounds good because... That soul production just is everlasting. It is the most immortal production you can think of. Yep. Um, here's another sound. Uh, I want to see if this has uh, passed the test of time. Uh, okay. That Stargate sound, so sick, irreplaceable, take a bell, that mid-2000s. To me, I think it has. I mean, yeah. I guess you could argue that it doesn't, but I think so. And I, I like Stargate. Stargate, you know, people, you know, there are some criticisms here and there, and I get it. Yeah. But I like Stargate because they felt, they always felt like a bridge. They felt like yeah. classic plus today. And when you put those two together, it sounds familiar but fresh. And I think that's why it doesn't sound dated to me. I can hear So Sick or Irreplaceable. like that, Just that era of stuff that... 2006s type thing yeah and it still sounds okay to me it sounds like a song no one would do it today mm-hmm. but if her made a song like it it wouldn't sound too out of place yeah i just remember back in 2006 they like ran that sound to the ground oh they did <laughs> run it into the ground but if it made a resurgence i don't think people would be like yeah, oh what is I, this it, it was sa- well today it was safe um so i think that's why it would work wasn't anything True. groundbreaking, but it was safe, which safe is okay. I'd rather have safe than trash. It's, thank you. Put that on my grave. I probably need to. <laughs> so, Ed, I got a question for you here. This is the most important question. Okay. Which version of this song is better? Into You by Fabulous. Ashanti or Tamiya? Did you really just ask me that question? Well, have you not... Or I, I forget who I'm talking to. <laughs> Player, have you heard the Ashanti version of that song? I swear they pulled her out of the bed with the crust in her eyes. Oh, man. To sing that song. I really like it. to me. And it's playing. Wake up, woman. Do your recording a song. She sounds asleep. That's why they had to get Tamia, who actually was awake since it was her song, mm-hmm. to sing it like she got some energy. Get that child a Red Bull. Isn't it kind of questionable that they 
Not I, I understand. I understand why they got Ashanti for the record because she was the biggest thing on earth at that time. But isn't it kind of messed up that they didn't ask Tamia to do the record because she was still actively putting out music during that time? That's kind of messed up. I thought it was weird that you sampled her song and didn't get her for it. I mean, now if you got the because I actually had the Fabulous album. The album had both versions on it. Yeah. But originally, when Ashanti's version came, I was like, why did they get Ashanti to sing this when Tamia is still walking around here happy and healthy? Like she could have easily sung that song. And this was '04 or something. She was very much active. It's not yeah. like she was some retiree. She had an album out. So. It's weird. Yeah, so Fabulous said on his versus battle that the reason why they got Ashanti on that record was because Tamia was having throat surgery at the time for her vocals. And then Tamia a day later posted her album covers and the caption said something along the lines of been in the game for 20-something years, no throat surgery. (laughs) The most beautifully polite putting in place I have ever heard. Tamia gets props for that beautiful read without raising her voice. That is how you shut down these stupid people. I don't know what Fabulous is talking about. I'm sure he didn't smoke his brain cells away and he's not remembering <laughs> stuff right. But clearly, that's not the reason why Ashanti did I think what happened was they probably just cleared the sample, got Ashanti to sing it, and then like brought Tamia on on the back end to try to clean it up. Because Lord knows Tamia had to help that out. <laughs> on my iPod that's around here somewhere, I have that song and I have the Tamiya version. I do not have the Ashanti version on my iPod. Wait, Ed, I'm going to do a breaking news thing right now. I have my phone on me. Okay. We're going to do this. I'll click on Fabulous and we'll see which version of the song I have. Okay. I don't know if you can see that, though. I see it. I wish I didn't see it. What does it say? It says a lie. <laughs> into You featuring the wrong person. Street Dreams, track 11, Into You featuring Ashanti. Well, I can, I wish I had mine nearby so I can show you that Tamia's version is the better version because she's saying the original song. Why would you put somebody on it who didn't sing the original song? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, wait. If I'm remembering correctly, didn't one of these, like, new rappers sample I Can't Love You by Mary J. Blige? Like, I remember that was, like, pretty recent, too. A new rapper did? I don't remember that. Well, rapper-singer thing. Yeah, I know. They're, like, the same messed-up thing now. Yeah. It's like mutant babies of, of music. If they have, I don't remember. Now, you know, that song is originally sampled from the Lil' Kim song. Yeah. But I didn't know about this. I'm sure someone will remind us. There'll be some terrible Tory Lane song that I never want to hear again. <laughs> shout out to Tory Lane. Oh, God. You can shout them out if you want to. Oh, man. Uh, Ed, can we get into uh, can we get into the Soulback track really quick? Yes. As long as it's not Ashanti singing into you, we're good. Relax. Uh, Chris Brown sampled Shanice on Undecided for, for that record. Uh, I Love Your Smile. Uh, let's go with the Shanice record. This, I hear this is one of your favorites. Yesterday? Yes, I love this song. Shanice is one of those artists that just, I felt like never lived up to her potential. She definitely had her successes. She definitely had a classic song that Cousin Kristen stole. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she definitely has a solid career. 
I just don't feel like she's as celebrated as she should be because she decided to go into motherhood and some other things. That's cool. Do your thing. But yeah, man, love that song, and I love what she brought to the table. One of the more underrated voices of the 90s. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great record, and I feel like, Ed, there's a bunch of these early 90s R&B singers that don't get celebrated as much. Like, you have the mid-90s artists, and everyone loves those artists, but that early 90s... 92, 93. I'm talking about the H Towns of the world, the Shanices mm-hmm. of the world. Like I don't know if they get celebrated because that was like that that it was it was still New Jack, but we were slowly moving into that hip hop soul. And I think a lot of those artists got lost in the shuffle. That's exactly what happened. A lot of those late '80s, early '90s artists, as the music was evolving, when we had that hard stop in the early like '92, '93 with hip hop soul. A lot of those guys just lost their way. And they were putting out good music, but it just didn't get the hype. And whereas a lot of music today is so based in hip-hop soul, like you that's why we talk about the Jodeci versus Boys and Men thing and why Jodeci gets more shine than Boys and Men. A lot of those artists who embrace that hip-hop soul, the Mary J's and the Leah's and those, they are remembered a little bit more than... Until recently, Tevin Campbell. I swear, no mm. one will believe me. Well, my old heads will believe me. There was a time where Tevin Campbell was that dude. Mm. But he got lost in the shuffle. We forgot about him. And it's really only been recently that we've kind of begun to celebrate him again. So, yeah, shout out to my late 80s, early 90s babies. Because they were doing it. And they laid the foundation. And unfortunately, they don't get the love they deserve. No, they don't. Uh, I was actually going to do this for my Soul Back track of the day, but the day's already over. Fourth uh, of July by Mariah. Oh, uh, yes. Now, that's a great that song. is a track. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> Love that joint player. Uh, mm-hmm. It reminds me of driving to Babbage's, now known as GameStop, to wow. go to work because I am that old. What were you, minus two when that song came out? Relax. Oh. I was like six. Oh, that ain't no better. <laughs> Ed, are we ready to get into the Play It Please Awards? I guess. I'm afraid to even ask what's in it because it's been an awful week. What do you have for Play It Please? Well, coronavirus is still going on, but that's not stopping these artists from doing shows now. Um, Tank wanted to do a show. We got into that last week. Don't need to rehash that. Don't get me started on that again. Um, But Vanilla Ice had a concert (laughs) yesterday on Independence Day. And the loophole that these venues are doing now, or these artists are doing, they're getting booked for shows at, like, restaurants that only hold, like, 30 people, and they're selling tickets for 50 bucks a piece. Ed, would you want to go to a restaurant, drink your clam chowder, and watch some vanilla ice? That sounds kind of cool. That sounds like death. And that's not even counting the coronavirus. It sounds like <laughs> death before the virus. And... That seems safe, uh, though. Give me strength, Lord above. <laughs> Players, I know that it's hard. I know the hustle is getting y'all. I do not give any artist out here any kind of excuse for trying to get people together. I don't care if it's 30 people in the little rag, ragged clam chowder shack. Stop trying to get people to congregate during this time. Mm. You, the reason why we're back into like the coronavirus getting bad again is because y'all won't sit down. Mm. Just sit down for a couple of months. Then maybe by the end of the year, we can have your little raggedy shows, Vanilla Ice. 
But if you keep trying to have these venues with 20-some people and you fall out on stage like D.L. Hughley, you're going to get what you get. Honestly, if you go to a Vanilla Ice concert in 2020 anyway, I'm already questioning your mental health. <laughs> Why are you going to put your physical health at jeopardy? Ugh. I love it. Bars, Ed. Bars. <laughs> God, I am so frustrated. Just chill, people. Chill. I know times are hard. Go holler at my man, King Keith. He can hook you up. Have your little nice virtual concert. Sell it for a few bucks. Do that. Stop making people get sick to see your sick bars. <laughs> then I'm sure are not sick because we don't have vanilla ice. Oh, man. I love it. Ed. We're almost out of time here, but our guy, I think his name is Big Dog 87. Yes. He wants us to restart the R&B Hall of Fame, so we might have to do that again soon. And uh, Trey Songs, he really wants us to reconsider. Now, before we even really analyze this, what is your gut feeling if I say, should Trey Songs be in the Hall of Fame, now that you've heard his case? I've heard his case. Um, I wish I had it in front of me so I could recite it. Because I'm pretty sure that he was up for a nomination at the time. Look, players, I have told y'all before, when it comes to Hall of Fame, to me, you have to have a certain level. And I'm not saying that Trey Songz is not a fantastic artist. When he's good, he's great. But you have to have a level of consistency. You have to have a level of output that puts you in there. You can't just be good and be a Hall of Famer. Trey Songz is good. He has... One really good album, a couple of very solid albums, a whole bunch of N albums. To me, mm. that ain't a Hall of Fame career. So, unless y'all just gonna just let anybody in, I'm not gonna necessarily open the doors for Trigger Trey. Sorry, big dog. I'm not quite convinced. You can hit me up on Twitter to give me another run at it. Wait, isn't he from VA? Yeah, he's at VA. I am a very unbiased reviewer player. So, no. Wow. I still can't, even though he is from, shout out Petersburg. That's where my parents, well, they don't live there, but they kind of live there. Down the street from where my parents live now. So, I know the area well. Shout out his people. But I can't just let anybody up in the Hall of Fame. You can't have a good career and be in the Hall of Fame. You got to have a Hall of Fame career to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm. We might have to go revisit that Gotta Make It music video to see if we can see your family in the back of that. They might be. <laughs> I'm sure they might be at the barbershop or whatever he went to. They're probably in the back waiting to get their pre-corona cut. Very, very pre-corona cut. Yes. Um, <laughs> Ed, I think that's it for this week. What's going on with SoInStereo.com? I've given you a couple of um, a couple of love letters. Some made yes, the cut. Yes, you did. This latest one. Love one. letter. I had to. <laughs> I had to turn down one love letter because I realized that I actually knew the person. Isn't that, like, I should not be talking about this person if I know him. Isn't that crazy? Because I found that thread on Reddit, and the likelihood of them knowing you is like marge. It's like very slim. It is the craziest thing ever. I literally started working on it, and I looked at the name. And I'm like, why is that name familiar? And then I went and like looked at my Twitter, my social media following, and this dude was following me on everything. I'm like, I can't, I can't go at my man, and he like, comes to my house and busts my windows out. So I'm like, can't do that. Yeah. So I skipped <laughs> him, but I do have another person. But before we get to him, as I mentioned earlier, in the next edition of Love Letters, we talk about Will, we talk about Jada, we talk about August Alcina, 
That's all in the next love letters. And if you're a fan of, for though I haven't talked about it lately, but Party of Two, the video, the Facebook live mm. show with me and my yep. wife, that'll be coming out actually by the time this post will have the most recent episode up. Go check that out on Facebook. We'll be talking about that issue there as well. Open marriages and whatnot. Whole lot of weirdness. Mm. And in the coming week, um, I have a new head-to-head on old Rick Ross. Shout out my boy Alex Goodman. He'll be joining me on that. And I believe my girl Snow Allegra has a new album coming. So That's hopefully, yep. hopefully I'll have a review of that. If I can have time in my very busy schedule. I think it's actually a single. And then uh, Summer Walker's dropping an EP next week, too. Oh, so it's a single? I'm not as hyped. I thought it was an album coming. Well, no, I, I'll be glad to chap out the single then. What about Summer Walker? Life on Earth. Isn't that Music Soul Child's album title? Ugh. I, I'm sure I can guarantee which one's going to be better. <laughs> but I'll give old Summer a chance. Didn't she retire? Well, she did until Corona got everybody back on their grind. I told you that this whole retirement was not going to last. Bills don't stop. Mm. Well, Please. I bet you she gets over her <laughs> stage fright now and starts performing. Ed, of these four people, who do you think is running that Ed Bowser parody account on Twitter? Is it our boy? Oh, I forgot about that. Is it our boy on Reddit? Is it Summer Walker? Is it Jacquees? Or is it Tank? <laughs> of the four, it's probably Mr. Durrell. I totally forgot about that account. I got to go check it out and yeah, see what's, see what's, what's new up there. What slandering is going on. But at, uh, over at You Know I Got Soul, we've just been doing a lot of uh, great interviews. Uh, who did Tom interview last week? That was cool. Daryl Pearson was a cool one. He interviewed Ralph. Yep, he interviewed Ralph. Yeah, he, and got, then, he did yep, Ralph. I saw that one. Yep. Shout out to our boy, Todd Davis, who specifically requested Tom do the interview. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, we got a couple more interviews coming up next week, and we're just going to keep this going. Ed, uh, I might be doing this R&B draft thing in the next couple of weeks, months. Okay. I got to figure all this out. You're more than happy to take another stab at it and hopefully win this time. But. Oh, yes. Last time, my own people, my own soul and stereo crew weren't even voting for me. I was like, I put, that's why I bring in y'all so y'all can hook up your boy. Stop being unbiased. Be biased for your boy. It wasn't happening. Yeah, so I, I won't bring Brian Angel back, but I might bring in another Day 26 member just to, e- oh. play, just to even out everything. Well, we know who's going to win that because Day 26 came with the ringers. Boy, they came hard. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even know, look at what, who he nominated. They were just like, oh, it's Brian Angel. We're voting for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. So, Ed, that, that's it for this week's Soul Back Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about more R&B. But until then, guys, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Um, do all of that. And don't do anything crazy outside. Thank you. Yes. Don't go to see Vanilla Ice. He's still whack. Trust me. I think, and Ed, I think next week they have uh, Color Me Bad on stage at that venue. Well, I will, how about just wash your hands and stay away? What the Color Me Bad? You sit down too, brothers. <laughs> the, bag, the bag is needed, Ed, but we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> we'll holler. All right, see you.